Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Portland Trailblazers in a season filled with lows hit rock bottom Thursday night during an embarrassing loss to the deeply depleted Utah Jazz. But here on the Blazer Focus Podcast, we're going to try the best we can to keep things positive. I am Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian, joined as always by Craig Burnback, who watched last night's debacle as well. But Scoot Henderson had a career high, Craig. So, you know, that was good, right? Right? No? Yeah? 23, 20, wait. Yeah, he did. 23 sure. and 10. Take yeah, that. 20 and 10, right? Like he did it for the first time. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah. you know, the that marker no, for you're a not going uh, to? point guard. You meant nothing? 20 and 10 marker oh, is always a good one. Oh, you know, stop. I'm not going to go positive on that. Oh, it means uh, it meant nothing. Oh, they, okay. Let, oh, they let him dunk. They were down 30. They were down 30. But as I always do, I try to find positives in certain situations. Well, some people will argue that I always do that, but I do often a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to with this team because we all knew coming in it was going to be kind of, you know, a, a mediocre to bad season. But they just started a stretch of eight of nine at home. Six of the nine opponents have losing records, including Golden State coming up. They got San Antonio twice, Washington, and Utah. And so I'm thinking, you know, if they can win six out of nine, which is not – inconceivable given how well they've been playing without DeAndre, without Malkin, you get those two back without Grant, you get Grant back. And if you're whole again, cause, cause Ant's been back, you can win six of those nine. And then all of a sudden you're 12 and 18 and you're still in a hole, but you know, you're within five games of the plan probably. And then they go out and just get pasted by the jazz who are without four of their top five scorers who combined for 67 a night, including Clarkson and Lowry marketing. And I'm just at a loss the entire game. I kept thinking, okay, they're going to make a run. They're going to make a run. They're going to make a run. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And they were down 33 in the fourth and one, and ended, excuse me, ended up losing 122-114, which Sean Hyken had a great line last night. He said it was an eight-point loss in name only. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Because <laughs> I was saying it was a complete, you know, I, I called it the, the worst eight-point loss ever. Yes, and then John very said, much it's an so. eight-point loss in name only. So I thought that was funny. It cracked me up in the press room. But anyway, wow. I, I'm just just completely deflated me. Ruined my holiday season. I'm going to be in a funk for the next couple of weeks. Because <laughs> I was just trying to find something to cling to from a standing standpoint. And now I'm just <laughs> like, eh, it's over with. So anyway, what, what's your take? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on. Yeah, so, first it of all, was it, was, it was never what? conceivable they were going to win six out of eight. 
Second, <laughs> second, I will tell you this. This team plays worse at mistake. home and worse with more players available to them. It's weird. Like they get two, they get two, you know, starters back yeah. and they play at home against the, you know, possibly the worst team that night roster wise, other than exactly. themselves in the NBA. And they get, they exactly. got crushed. I mean, like it was, it, it was crazy to watch players. I'm like, whoa, whoa. He's that good. Like he's that good. Whoa, whoa. Um, yeah, it was bad. And I will say that, um, there was no to me finding that Scoot Henderson, you know, silver lining is I just couldn't do it. I just can't do it. Uh, but I also, I you know, I always say you know the when they play competitively on the road, it's not always them. It's the other team as well who's just not turning it on. Uh, but yes, they played much more competitively, and they did it even. In the fourth quarter last night, you know, they bring off the, you know, the greatest center, three-point shooting center in, in, in Portland Trailblazers history. And the up goes off and they bring it within eight. But I want to bring up my favorite, um, okay. my favorite interview, uh, Chauncey Billups interview <laughs> answer from a practice this season. Aaron Fentress, our own Aaron Fentress. Believed six so strongly in the fact that the Blazers could run off six of eight and and like be close <laughs> to five hundred, six of nine and be in the mix that he went to the head coach and said, "Hey, Chauncey, I look. Have you looked at your schedule? Your next run of games here at home against some opponents that aren't that good. Do you see this as an opportunity to, you know, run off some wins?" And his answer was, bro, no. <laughs> I do not to see look this ahead. as that exactly. opportunity. Exactly. Because right. we are not that good. We can't look past tomorrow. Right. And then, to make sure that he was correct, <laughs> the Blazers went out and did what they did last night. But I just love the fact that in this conversation between the head coach of the team and the sometimes pessimistic reporter, Aaron Patrick, <laughs> the coach had to tell. That was reporter, amazing. And I even chill. pushed back. I'm like, come Stop on, coach. He's like, hey, we're not good enough. And I was like, okay, maybe you have a point. But I'm thinking Utah, like you're going to win the Utah game. You got Washington coming in. Washington's three and whatever. San Antonio twice to three and whatever. Yeah, I just, yeah, whatever. <laughs> He said, no, bro. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> That's his answer. Just like that. No, bro. Like, no, we're not looking at <laughs> eight games. Uh, and, uh, you know, and he's absolutely right. And, again, in in the – every time I start, like, being critical or just like, oh, my goodness, like, DeAndre Ayton's not – you know, he's back. He's not playing 12. well. And That's when are they going to figure this out? He's been showing it, too. You know, couldn't hit the broadside of a barn last night. and. <clears throat> I mean, it was awful, and and then I, you're like, wow. If and then I go into down the rabbit hole, like I don't understand how is this going to ever work? Because the best player is Simons, and he's yep. he plays the one, and no, Scoot no. is your guy, and he's the one. I go, none of this matters right now, Craig. 
None of this matters. You're the one that keeps saying it. Listen to yourself. It's the wins and losses. But I will say, I'm a little, I can be a little bit turned off by the absolute optimism sometimes that you hear from media members asking keep, about. Because like, the L's keep, great. The L's keep popping like up, right? great with Sharp. And I'm yeah. like, okay. nothing's great. <laughs> nothing's great. They're not good. And you can't make these you can't make these comparisons, or, or you can't make these projections based on what you're seeing now. Yeah. I mean, so one of, of the things where the I opponents asked are Chauncey last night when they play you was about you know was Fair? this just a bad night or a step back? And he said, "Well, I don't think it necessarily was a step back. It was definitely a bad night, but there were some things that we didn't do that we need to you know we need to address. We're not just going to flush it. Like there were things we did wrong." And I said, and then, you know, he said, he said this before in the past, like you play teams that are down players. The guys who are playing, who don't usually play a lot are there to show out. Like, so, oh, this is my opportunity. And just because they're backups on a bad team doesn't mean they can't play because everyone in the NBA can play <laughs> to some degree. Right. And then at the end of the press conference, I kind of said, your team should know this better than anyone because they were catching people off guard with depleted rosters. Like they went, they won, this team won at Indiana and at Cleveland. Right. So then later in the locker room, I asked Ant, like, had did they maybe look past this team, which is crazy when they're six and 16, right? Going into it. But you get, but you, but, but, hold on. <clears throat> but again, Ant and Sharp are killing it. You get back eight. Yes. We kept talking about when we get back to these guys, you get back eight and you get back Brogdon and you're playing a team that's down Collins, Clarkson, uh, and uh, marketing and one, uh, uh, George. That combined 67 points per game. And now he Marketing. said, so he said he didn't think consciously they looked past them, but maybe sometimes subconsciously you do. It's not that you're looking past the guys who are playing. You're just have a little bit of sense of relief of the guys who aren't, which makes sense from a psychological standpoint. But again, then you could say like you're saying, well, then that's probably what these other teams did when they played down to the level of the Blazers when the Blazers roll into town without Ant, without Grant, without, yes. and they beat you. And you're like, well, how the hell did we lose this game? Well, we shot poorly, committed 20 turnovers or whatever, and so-and-so went off on their team. Now this is in reverse. Hmm? But only two. Oh, remember. Well, well I'm, what, they, that, but there was that one stretch. They, they beat Utah here. Beating the Blazers. They were at full strength. And they, then they... Blew the lead to you know Milwaukee, what I'm saying? like you know. and they beat Indiana, beat Cleveland. Like that was a nice yeah. stretch of ball right there, where you're like, okay, you beat two playoff teams, you had a contender on the ropes, and you beat a team you're you should have won't beat at home. Sure, and that was with a lot of guys in and out of the lineup. So that's why it's you know it's not it's not crazy for me to think that when you get these guys back, because Grant should be back soon, that you can run off six out of nine, win three of your games are against teams that haven't won five games yet, and two of them are against. Utah. So that's five right there where you, and, and they're all at home. So I don't think it was crazy, but now I think I'm a lunatic after what I saw last night. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's still, and I wrote this about when I wrote about Scoot, is that at the end of the day, it's all about development. And so if that's the case, you can't really frown at losses because at the end of the day, also, the more losses, the better. <laughs> and we did see something out of Scoot, which I know you're downplaying, but at least it was better than what we've seen most of the season. So that's, that's how I'm trying to keep myself sane. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was, it was, it was better. I'm just saying like, 
to me, it's almost like saying you saw something great in practice. It's still good. It's better than seeing nothing great, but I just don't put a lot of stock in yeah. it being a career high. And he had a couple. I mean, were... he made some plays last night yeah. that were really bad. I mean, he had a turnover that you just don't see in an NBA game where the point guard kind of – I mean, he jumped up in the yeah. air and threw the ball in the middle for them to take down the other way, and that is – that is not a thing you see in the NBA. Like you just you see that in a, a high school game, and and he is nineteen, right? So he's going to make those. But I'm just saying it wasn't a night where you're half. like, oh, he played, you know, great when it was competitive. Right. No, he he scored most of the points. I mean, his first dunk was was when the game wasn't done yet, and uh, and it was nice, but it wasn't like, I don't know. It's like the celebration of his first dunk was like. Was that his first dunk in a game? A playoff win. I'm like, dude, the guy's an NBA basketball player who can, who's super athletic. Yes. Like, I, I don't – I mean, that's what that's what the Twitterverse said, right? You know? Um, okay, and but the he, second one was definitely more okay. impressive. Uh, I'm just saying, like, I'm, I can't – No, I can't, right. It's not – no, you know, you're 100% correct. It's not as monumental. A, as a monumental a game because up. he went 20 And we're coming and from that's all. a place where the guy was shooting 30% and 18% on threes. He had that 4-17 night – on the Friday against Dallas, I can't remember who I can't remember who they played, but anyway, he had, that was arguably his worst game. And so then he's come back with two good games. And since we're dealing with a 19 year old who's trying to overcome a horrible start, to me, you score 19 and then you come back with 23 and 10, regardless of garbage time, regardless of where it was, that is still a step in the right direction. Even though you're right, it shouldn't be treated as your typical 23 and 10. I agree with you there, but for him. That was a step in the right direction. Now, to his credit, after the game, he didn't really care. He's like, we lost. It doesn't matter. And I love that about this kid. Like, he's like, I can't, I'm here to help us try to win and try to figure out how to win. So, yeah, I had 23 and 10, but we lost. Yes. And, you know, he said, my confidence has never changed. You guys are just seeing the ball go in more. I'm still the same guy. I'm still the same player. I'm still pushing forward, et cetera, et cetera. But the 23 and 10 meant nothing to him, probably less to him than it clearly does to me because I'm looking for positives and clearly more along the lines of what you're saying. Yeah, I agree with Scoot completely. But you're right. In a game in which you were down by 33 points at one time, it's better that he gets 23 and 10 than if he gets three and, you know, six. But uh, I just don't feel... So I just completely agree with Scoot because when you're down 30 points in an point. NBA game, it's they clear, not I mean, an Chelsea NBA cleared game the bench. Like, and we'll Chelsea see. cleared the bench. It's just yeah. not, you know, like and the bench killed it. <laughs> exactly. Nobody's playing like this is right, and the bench and the bench killed it. I don't brought it with an eight. As I'm saying, like, are you gonna? Are, does that matter? Of course, it doesn't matter. And and do, but none of it matters. And the part that I'm searching for is trying to find what does matter. And last night I couldn't find it. Right. And, um, and what I did see that did matter was inconsistency, uh, across the board. And I, I just can't imagine, like when you say, do you think these, you know, if Simon said, yes, maybe psychologically, I look past them. I look at the rest of the roster. I'm like, who is psychologically looking past anybody who's in the NBA right now? It better not be Kamara. It can't be Scoot. Brogdon actually played pretty well. So, like, it wasn't him. DeAndre Ayton, I guess. He definitely looked past some, you know. I'm just saying, like, the guys on this roster, are, many of them are haven't proven anything to play in the NBA. So, whoever they're playing against, they – they should be at the top. And I will say the most positive thing that I've seen consistently is Kamara. And last night too, before the game was a mess, he was shooting better than he had. Uh, you know, he had a career high as well. And even though he continues to foul uh, sometimes at the worst times 
And sometimes he pressures when maybe that's not the right place because he's going to give up a layup on the other end. He's an NBA basketball player. He's a second-round pick. That, to me, has been the most positive thing consistently throughout, especially after these trades, because I can't look at the Aiton thing and be like, whoa, that's that's a looks like a slam dunk here. I'm not I'm not burying it, but I'm like, hmm, well, there's still some some stuff that has to happen for this to be good. And and you weigh so much on that. And when I yeah. look at Scoot, I can't be like, oh my goodness, <clears throat> guaranteed he's showing it all. Again, I'm not judging it yet. So that that's and I am still going to be concerned about the Simons Scoot, you know, position thing until it resolves itself in a way that is very positive or it resolves itself in the sense that one of them's not here because I don't, the play, it's amazing to me that the Blazers are running back the playbook that they decided wasn't right. the playbook to win. I know. No, hundred percent. It's literally the 100%. same playbook they gave up on. Right. So like, to me, I'm like, no, Simons, Simons is great. Simons is everyone's saying like, he's an elite, you know, he could be an elite one. Or an elite two. You're like, okay, but if he's an elite two, we're back into the same situation we had with CJ. And if he's an elite one, what are you going to do with your 19-year-old point guard? You know, that you drafted third overall. And I'm not shocked at all that Simons is a, is a, a lead guard. And why sh- why anybody is. I'm a little surprised when people are like, two years are you ago, I'm like, they were 12 and 12 in games. games Dame not because playing. they were morons. And they were 12 good. and 12. When when right. Nurkic and so what? Why Ant are people surprised? Play, from January first until they shut everything down, they were twelve <laughs> and twelve with those two guys in the lineup or something like that. Yeah, round five hundred. That right there, that was without mostly without CJ and without Dane. Like that should have told you right there. And he was like twenty four and six. So last year, as a two playing next to Dame, that's a tough position to be in because Dame is so ball dominant. You're not sure what am what am I? Am I a two? Am I a combo? Am I whatever? But now, when he's set free, when he's unleashed, and he's the guy with the ball, look out. And what do I say he would be? Like 28 and 7 if he ever got in that position. And what is he since he's been back? Something like that, right? And so, so yeah, they had a bad game last night. But you know what I'm talking about. So what do you do? Because uh, last if you night, want Scoot last to night be heard his point, numbers because he's only played you five go games. into Scoot and Sharp at the three, now you're too small. And I don't want to hear, oh, they're good. They're going to be – no, they're never going to be good enough to contend because too many teams in the West have younger, better, bigger players, and they're going to smoke you in a series because you're too small. So you're going to have to move someone, dude, or someone comes off the bench. Well, which one of those three is coming off the bench? And it's not coming off the bench. Is Sharp going to come off the bench? No, that's going to be stupid. Now, what do you do in three years when it's come when it comes time to pay no. Scoot and Sharp? And oh, by the way, Ant's deal is up, and now Ant needs forty mil a year, and you got to give your two high picks about thirty each. Now you're at a hundred million dollars just for those three, and they don't mesh position wise. It's a mess waiting to happen. But you know what they're going to tell us until it all crumbles? Oh, we'll be fine. We'll figure it out. Which is what they told us on draft day when they were trying to convince us that Dame, Scoot, Ant, and Sharp would all work together. Remember that? So yeah, there's a problem moving ahead. I still think the solution is going to be because they're they're wedded to Scoot. Well, that's crazy. I think we'll see. It would be fascinating to see if they had wow. the balls, right, the cojones to say, you know what, we're rolling yeah. with Ant, Sharp, and we're going to trade Scoot. If you do that, Ripsey is going to crumble. <laughs> so you're committed to Scoot, which means one of the other two got to go. And to me, it would have to be Ant because at least Sharp is 6'4", and you send Ant somewhere where he's going to dominate and make you look silly because he's going to come back and drop 45 I, I on get, your head. Yes. 
you're not. I mean, I, I don't see a scenario where Sharp's the one out unless he asks for it and makes it miserable for people, which I don't don't see. I, I mean, what you can't not. Yeah, no. You just went through what I get that it's too early to worry about, but I can't not. I can't not. You know, I can't look at it and say like. But the other part about what you said is like, Scoot's not going to be worth thirty million dollars if Ant's no, still he on can the team. develop. No, he can develop. Because he can still get 30 minutes a, a night. He's not going to There's 96 either. minutes available like, this is in the, the other backcourt. Problem. There's 96 minutes available in the backcourt. If you just play... Right, I know, but you can you can give them each 24 at the point. You can mix... You know what point. I'm saying? You can mix it up in a way to where you can get him the minutes. If he gets the minutes and he develops, and he becomes... You know, like Halliburton and Darren Fox somehow develop together. So if he develops to the point where he's legit, a legitimate starting point guard, then he's going to command 30 mil. I'm just saying it's a lot harder to develop him when he's not the when he's not the, your starter and not the guy that knows that he can go out there and do whatever right. because Simons is going to come right. in and, so, and eventually they're so not going to want to lose sixty games. You know, eventually you can't like this year. It's fine, do whatever, but you can't you can't go full, like this is their third straight year of telling their fan base gonna, that wins don't matter. You, next year you can't do it a fourth year. Well, you can't. They're gonna. Well, they can't. They can't try to lose games again. I mean, that's to me is like, well, and if they do sell the team, someone's gonna say, no, no, we got to do something. That's all. I just keep running into the problem that, and it's not close right now, and we knew it wasn't gonna be close. I told you they were gonna. They were gonna. Uh, you know, they were gonna start Scoot because of what you, what I believed and was correct about was that they were married to him. You can't draft him, trade Damon, not start him. So I thought the whole time it was going to be Simons and Scoot starting and that they might also start Sharp because why not? But now I just don't – I wouldn't put – if you put Simons at the team 100%. Right. a, a lot, at you're point. worse. You're worse. <laughs> you know, like it's just there's no way around it. And, and it's not a little – but it's eventually you have to, it's a right? Lot. And you can't win anyway. Yeah. So then I go, oh, why do right. I care? You know, like that. It's like the cycle. I'm, I've given the cycle of my, but not this year, right? So you could kick the can down the road, right. but eventually the kick, the can's gonna kick. The wall's there, and it, you kick the can, it comes right back and hits you in the face. So like, what what are they gonna do? And they're right in that they don't have to solve the problem okay. now, um, but they have to trade Brogdon because like you might as well trade Brogdon now. Get what you can, the most out of him. I see lists of, of guys, you know, in the league. I, I haven't seen his name pop up that much, but and that's one thing. I mean, we could talk about that later. But I, when I, he is good, and he's way better than Scoot right now, and he's more dependable than Sharp, uh, as far as consistency. Yeah, he's a championship but rotation. You just don't need him on a clogging up those minutes mental. when you're losing. He doesn't anyway. want like to what's do the it. point? There's no way he wants to be it. There's no way. Of course, he's a pro. He's a he's a pro. Yeah. So he's do, he's doing what they ask him to do. But he says all he's, the right things. You know, I give him tons of having credit. a positive attitude. He's a definitely he a pro. Tell and why would he? Like I'm like I wouldn't want to be doing that either. He was the sixth man of the year on a contender <laughs> just six months ago. Why would? Right? He? And and if not, at right. least be at least he could be a starting <clears throat> guard on a on a mediocre team trying to make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like where he's, he could show off. 
Um, but he also has to know his injury history. He's not blind to that. I mean, the guy can't stay healthy. I mean, it, it sucks for him. And, you know, so the Blazers, every time they play him to me, they're risking him being out for a significant period of time and then not being able to get something for him and still being stuck in the same place where you don't have him, right? If you're not going to have him, you might as well get something for the, for the future. And because that's all this team's about. And that's, you know, that's what I have to try to remind myself when I go down these rabbit holes that none of this matters. But it does get hard when I can't find what am I like once I get past Camara, like what else am I looking for? Okay, consistency from Sharp. Like I believe in Sharp, <laughs> nah. always have. Uh, and then some okay, let's talk about like, Sharp. Let's ah, talk about Sharp. Well, I am that worries fully me a little bit, happy like, with where Sharp is can, right now. I think he just had well, a stretch that was crazy. Yeah. He had a bad game last night. He's still young. He's still immature. He's only 20. But he yeah. has definitely made a huge leap this year, especially in the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I believe last year he had star, all-star potential. I believe that even more now. So I'm I'm cool with where he, his trajectory. Um, and, and like, you know, I said at the beginning of the season, my main focuses were going to be Sharp, uh, Shea, uh, Scoot, and DeAndre. Because DeAndre has to hit now there's a belief out there that they don't need deandre to be really good to contend in the future which i think is just asinine because that that means you're going to hit on your next two draft picks right and so you know hit big on those next two draft picks because scoot and ant or scoot and shade are not getting you to the promised land you need you need a big to get you help get you there and you have a guy in your team that's number one overall pick so it would be helpful if you were able to just get him to a point where he was really really good instead of trying to go out and find someone to come in and be really, really good. So he's my other main focus. And right now he's just so up and down. I can't, I can't make heads or tails of anything with him. Okay. So, so the up for me still is that they had a plan coming in Where's with the how Aiton and Ant were going to work together and how Ant's scoring ability and the respect he commands was going to open things up for Aiton and that they were going to try and play with what he did best and give him more opportunities than maybe Phoenix did. And then you would see hopefully maturation since he's just hit 25, you know, his car insurance went down. <laughs> so he's, I love my favorite, one of my favorite age analogies. I always say this about, about young men and people always complaining about some young kid. I'm like, <laughs> there's a reason why his car insurance is not so high because he's under 25 in male. And that's because under 25 year old males are usually not very responsible. But anyway, so he's going to get older and mature. And so I, there's just been nights when it's like, wow, he looks really good. And that mid-range jumper, I love that from big man. You should love that too, being a Pat Ewing guy. So I just still believe there's upside there, especially playing with two, three, maybe three really good guards. And they're in the beginning stages of working with him. It's all early. And they haven't really been giving him the ball that much, just let him flow through the offense. So I still hold out hope that he's going to take another step. I don't believe he's been given the opportunity to take that step and then failed. I don't believe the opportunity has truly been there, but we have seen signs. All right. <laughs> so uh, two things. One, keep my uh, favorite player ever out, out your mouth. I will. It was a G.I. Jane you joke. You did not compare him to DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> keep- I just compared the mini, just the mini, no. okay? The mid-range compared to DeAndre Ayton, the Patrick from the Ewing. big man, at the lost point, art at this point. <laughs> yeah, not. Uh, two, what you're telling me, what you're telling shots, me is you still, still have hope, but he hasn't had up. He's right. only gone over twenty points once. I mean, that's just to me 
Right. That's fine. That's fine. No, so it's that, been par. You, you, it's been, what no, you're it's mostly been saying it's been, he's been is it exactly hasn't been up and down. It's been down, but you still believe there's team. up. I agree I can't with blame that. him for the... Right. Ooh. And it's rebounds. His rebounds are there. His rebounds are there. Right? So Well, he is shooting the same percentage. I'll give you that. But there, oh there is gosh. a point. Don't, don't, come on. Come, don't you know don't what? make me look up Kamara. Don't make me look up Kamara. You don't want me to do this. You, you don't want me to do it. I'm just saying, like, there I are. There, 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 I'll, give you, I'll give you that, but don't make me look I, up his stats. Like, I'm on the band. 40%, 40%, give me, give me something. Give me something to be so excited about. The last couple of I'm just saying that there's. I know. Oh, he can't shoot the three. Last night, he had a. He was three for three. He was three for three, and and I love Lamar, and I love Lamar and Clavero. But they were putting him in the Hall of Fame for shooting. It's over. He's going to double it. It's over. No, but what I'm saying is there is there's an argument. There's part of me that says you called yourself dominating, and there are times when players just elevate and do. Whether or not it's not like they don't. He doesn't have any opportunities. Uh, but I'm with you. I'm, I'm waiting and seeing. I'm not. Uh, and if I'm him, why kill myself right now anyway? Right? Like, why try to get 30 so we can lose by four? Right? Like, I, I get it. Let the guys develop. Do what they're asking you to do. And he's been good as far as a teammate and stuff like that. The injuries, the knee, I hope it's not anything real, you know, significant. Because if you want to talk about knees and big men and legs and big men, we – we could do another a, thing. We too. could just do that as a Portland Trailblazers podcast, and none of us—he's playing with none of us want to do that. Nowhere so, near uh, as yeah, I'm just, skilled at some and point, intelligent yet Go ahead. as Chris Paul was at getting him in certain spots. So sometimes the passes are late when they do run certain things, or they're not running right, or there's bad reads. Like that's another factor. I, I think that costs him a few shots a game. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yep. Right. Oh, no doubt. And and now, and Simons hasn't played. So that's your number one argument. When he's in there with Brogdon, I'd like to you know, sometimes it, see right? more. He just and I would. I'd like to see every once in a while when like he grabs Patrick the ball, have. he turns, and he dunks on somebody. You know, like. Or, <laughs> oh, I can use his name now. Yeah. I can use like, his name now in that vein. I can use it. Okay, I see how it is. Call right, it, right. right, like Patrick would have. Small hands right. and all. That's a good point. Yes. But you know what I'm saying? Like, get an offensive foul called. I don't care. You are physically, you are the number one pick, not because of your, uh, necessarily of your nuanced skill in the pick and roll. You are pick number one overall because athletically you're, you're gifted and you're huge. So sometimes you could just do that. And like, you do see that from other guys that aren't, I mean, I, I'm a, I watch right. the Knicks, right? So unfortunately Robinson's out, but sometimes he just goes and dunks on people. You know what I mean? Like, and he can't, he has no offensive skills. And so that's, that's all I'm saying. And, and maybe it's not, that there's no point for him to do it at this, you know, at this juncture. So I'm not, I'm not mad at him yet. I just am not thinking like, okay, this is perfect, obvious. And I'd like to see some nights where he just decides, you know what? I feel like scoring 25. I don't give a crap. I'm not going back out. I'm going to get fouled. Yeah. He's shooting well, really well from I, every, the free throw line. But you're right. His percentage said, is I have said right in line. Where I want to see that too. Like, he's why are you not less, just you know, five give me the points. damn ball and I'm about to go do some stuff, get some footwork action going and make a play. Like do that more often, especially against schmuck big men. But even though I agree with you on that, I'm not ready to be down on him yet because I don't believe, especially based on what Billups has said, that they've really tried to emphasize that 
type of uh, process of feeding him more often yet. So I'm sort of like giving him a pass. Fair? <laughs> I'm going to give people the visual while I was shimmying. talking about making was those shimmying. moves. He was actually making the moves. <laughs> like he was showing what he could have done right. if he had the uh, ball. And, okay. he, and he was 7 1. Let's <laughs> move on to. I want, I, want, I, oh, goodness. I want your opinion. Give me your opinion. I talked about it a little bit with Brenna yesterday. Um, I've been yeah, before we go, we got to talk about What's your Green. impression first? Right? Of the I think we covered. The reaction to it is more important to me from his teammates and those around him than the actual event. Because what I saw, I actually believe Draymond that he was but he was flailing. Sixty flail with a guy, right uh, and that's just what he does. Oh, I didn't, and it was, I didn't try and he to does it in ways that are ridiculous. You believe that? Oh, of course, it was ridiculous, and he hit him in the face. And he <laughs> okay, fair. Um, so to <laughs> yeah, me, I hear you. I believe Draymond believes it. And, and I mean that. Like, I think that's what Draymond believes. Draymond, Draymond was like, I'm going to do what I'm going to get an offensive foul called here. I'm not going to. I don't think when Draymond went to do that move, he's like, I'm going to punch smack Nurkic in the face as hard as I can and get ejected because he would have known that result. I think in his brain, he's like, I'm going to do this flailing thing and I'm Draymond Green and I'm going to be tough because he's big and I'm smaller and they're going to call an offensive foul. And when they didn't, he was like, oh, that was bad. I got to go. And he knew it. But to me, the reaction of his teammates and Steve Kerr and Dunleavy saying, we're cool. We're cool with this indefinite suspension because this is not mm-hmm. just about basketball. This, this makes me think that they've been thinking about this for a while, that Draymond needs some support and help. And he's not, he's not healthy. And that punch, they thought that would be the wake-up call he needed. Right. And that he did get some time to kind of get healthy, but they're like, okay, this process is longer than this. And the NBA is working on it. And to me, doing the right thing, like Joe Dumars, basically, they're, they're coming together and saying this is a mental health issue. This is not a physical act of Draymond Green. Like, we don't think Draymond Green is evil. And we don't think he um, is, his whole persona is about trying to hurt people. We think that he's in a place that he can't control himself and therefore he continually does things that are unacceptable on the court because of things that are affecting him on the court and off the court so i that to me mattered more like on its own if that wasn't draymond green and someone did it they probably gotten kicked out no suspension and you'd be like oh that guy had a bad moment and made a dumb dumb decision but you know, and Steve Kerr says, like, you know, we gotta, we gotta get the Draymond Green, the Draymond Green well, that, that you saw. Very well that said. one needs I help. Don't disagree with any of that. I believe that. Um, relevant. And I think the league's better with Draymond Green playing, and the Warriors being, you know, not. I don't. Well, I'm okay with the if it right, goes so out, like if out. it's over. I want to see it kind of finish on the court. Like I want to see them lose in the playoffs because Clay can't, you know, hit a jumper and maybe uh, 
Draymond's old, even though he's not, he's like one of the youngest, <laughs> you know, like um, not because Draymond Green can't right. do what he mentally needs to do to play basketball. Like uh, I thought Gobert's comments were, that's class, you know, to say like he wants Draymond to get healthy and, and, and to have empathy for him. And I think that's what most people should have. I, unless you're Jordan Poole, and I don't mean to joke about that. If you're Jordan Poole, I, I can, it would be hard. I mean, he decked you. Everyone saw it. People blamed you. You got traded. You know, like it'd be hard for, you know, the forgiveness thing. I, I hope Jordan Poole can find that and or whatever he needs. But On the flip side of this, I, I respect <clears throat> or, what Gobert said. In addition to all of this, um, obviously they're not as good without Draymond. They've been struggling anyway. They the Warriors began the season five and one. They were six and two, and then since then they've just been a mess. They had a six game losing streak. Then they won four out of seven. Then now they're on a three game losing streak, and they're going to play in Portland on Sunday. But the Blazers have the Warriors pick in two thousand twenty four, right? And right now that's a lottery pick. And so if you're a Blazers fan. Yeah, you're not unhappy with Draymond Green maybe missing a bunch of games because you know that's going to hurt them. So right now, unless the Warriors pull off some type of trade, like the way they're constructed and without Green for a long stretch here, and even, I mean, they were struggling with him, they're in trouble. They're in trouble not making the playoffs. And that would just be huge for the Blazers because then you would have two lottery picks because they're going to have one of their own. And, you know... I didn't expect coming into the season that that pick could be a lottery pick. I thought, you know, the Warriors are good. And unless there's injuries, they're going to remain good. But Clay's not playing well. Wiggins isn't playing well. There's trade rumors involving him out there now. And, of course, Draymond's struggling. So it's pretty much Curry and a bunch of dudes. And, man, how huge would it be for the Blazers to come out of this season with two lottery picks? Yeah, that changes the dynamic of everything they did almost, you know. So I, I would just say this. They're a half a game out. And uh, of the Rockets, and I think they'll be better than the Rockets. So, um, but the teams ahead of them, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like they're are they? You know, the the Clippers are five hundred. Are they going to be a disaster? Or are they going to be better? Um, I mean, they're not the Timberwolves. The way they're playing, they're not better than them. They're not better than the Thunder. They're not better than the Nuggets. They're probably not better than the Mavericks unless they collapse again. They're not better than the Lakers. The Kings are still a mystery to me. So there's, you know, there's that. The Suns are struggling at 12 and 9, but they're not better than the Suns. Are they better than the Pelicans? Nobody knows. So given all that, how huge would it be for this team if they ended up with two lottery picks? It certainly changes the dynamic of how we rate the uh, offseason. Correct. Because that that's, I mean, that gives you two chances. If you hit one of those two to be an all-star, you're in great shape. And if you hit two, um, it's why they call it the lottery. <laughs> you win jackpot. Uh, I'm just not there yet with the Warriors completely collapsing uh, and not making the playoffs. I mean, I don't think that Clay can play worse. I don't think Wiggins can play worse. And they're still like only a half game back of the Rockets, you know. And right. uh, but the West is hard, man. And there's a lot of unknowns because you know I don't know how good New Orleans is going to be because their best players never stayed healthy. Sacramento is a mystery to me all the time. I still don't know. Um, 
And look, Memphis is awful, and John Morant's coming back, right? right? Like, so right. is is there a chance that they go and 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 win? I don't know because I have zero idea what that team is right. without John Morant. And did we expect Utah to be this bad? No, I didn't. I didn't. Um, I, I also can't see how. So I don't know. I I can't see how Golden State wouldn't do everything possible to retool this team around Steph. I don't think they're going to waste a Steph year. He's 34, 35 already. He's 35. Yeah, you can't be wasting yeah, his can't. years. And so then they're going to face an interesting decision in the offseason. Do they trade Steph and get draft picks and start over and get their own scoot? Or do no. they continue to build around him, which no. Portland refused to do? Um, so I just I, I think they'll, they'll do whatever they can to try and get some things around him to, to make a run to at least get into the playoffs. So I wouldn't count that lottery pick yet. But still, the fact that it's in play Thanks. is huge. It's fun. Yeah, it's definitely fun. fun. It's interesting. Let (laughs) me just say this on the record. Sure. uh, Steph Curry does not get traded. Ever? No. What if if he wants to go somewhere to win another ring? What if he wants to go chase a ring? He might. You never know. Yeah, I don't think he'd do it. He'd say, I'll chase it here. (laughs) Chase it here. Figure it out. I agree. All right. I mean, I guess if Steve Kerr were to leave. Mm, Steve Kerr. That's true. I'm just going to, you know, maybe. He's going to retire. If players like him should retire where they are. Like, he he should retire where. All right, that's but it. Patrick for... Ewing did not, but Patrick Ewing did not win a championship yeah, and did not retire. But he, Nick, but he so. left when he was way past his prime. I still can't believe it. he went to Atlanta, right? Oh, he was. Did he go to Atlanta. He, oh, he played Atlanta. Boston. I think there was one other team. I, I don't like. No, not Boston. Not Boston. I don't like to think about those years. Yeah, it's bad. Just like me with Jordan and the Wizards, and then, never happened. Jordan was never a Wizard. I don't know what people are talking about. <laughs> I refuse to watch any highlight of him. Like if I, anything, anytime something comes on, I just turn it like it didn't happen. I, I pretend he retired in '98. All right, we're gonna retire. This podcast, the Blazer Focus Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll be back pretty soon next week after this. These two critical, huge games: Saturday against Dallas and Golden State on Sunday. I'm doing it again, Craig. I'm doing it again. All right, we'll catch y'all later.